Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting about the Push For Better mental health campaign and my journey so far with my mental health. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop podcast, everyone. My name's Kate Freeman and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of The Healthy Eating Hub and The Healthy Eating Clinic. And fact about me is that I have struggled with my mental health on and off for many years. And I actually didn't really think for many of those years that I had a problem. And so in this episode, I want to just chat through my journey with mental health as my team and I uh, from the 1st to the 25th of June are participating in the 25-day push-up challenge and Our team, so the Healthy Eating Clinic team, we're specifically raising funds for Lifeline Canberra, but this is an Australian-wide campaign that also supports the Push for Better Foundation, Headspace and Lifeline Australia-wide. And so the campaign is all about doing 3,318 push-ups and over 25 days, which is a lot of push-ups, and basically... It's about raising awareness of mental health um, and why you also build up your fitness and strength by doing all those push-ups, supporting a local or national charity and, of course, continuing the important conversation around mental health and being there to support one another. And so I thought as I've been reflecting on my own mental health with doing this challenge that I would chat about it here on The Daily Dollop because I think, you know, obviously this is a nutrition podcast, but chatting through all of this stuff around well-being, physical health, mental health, it's all connected, right? And I'd like to, yeah, just keep that conversation going as well. So if you would like to support my team, the link to our team page is in the show notes. Please donate to our team. We're raising funds for Lifeline Canberra. And yeah, you can join our team. It's not too late to start push-ups. Just get get cracking, have sore chest muscles like me. But um, yeah, I guess I just want to start off by talking through my upbringing around mental health. And so I grew up in an extremely loving, caring family. My parents loved me, treated me exceptionally well. I had a fantastic childhood and adolescence with my family. We were a Christian family. I was a pastor's kid. But I guess when it came to mental health, the way that my family talked about depression was it that it wasn't a disease or something that you should be medicated before. They That was definitely how it was spoken about. And it wasn't because they were ignorant, horrible people. It was just that that was their belief system around depression. And I was basically raised to believe that low mood was a part of your life and that you are 100% in control of your mood so that obviously if it was low, then you can change it. And so someone with depression is just not, you know, snapping out of it or changing their mood. Now, you know, whether this is correct or not is pretty irrelevant. It's just that's my normal and that's, you know, that was my 
belief system and my normal growing up. And I guess this belief system has a double-edged sword and I, I never like to sort of take extremes in life. You know that about me. And so I guess on the positive side, believing that I'm 100% in control of my thoughts and moods is quite a, a good thing. And this belief has served me quite well because being able to control my thoughts and my emotions has meant that there has been some difficult times that I've been able to get through with this belief of going, yeah, no, I can change the way I think about this situation. I can change my emotions here, etc. And that's been a really positive thing. And I remember chatting to someone many, many years ago about this idea that you could change your thoughts and change your emotions and change your feelings. And she was like, I don't believe that you can. And, and the thought that you can is really sort of enlightened me a little bit and she's found that really freeing. And so I think there's a really positive side to that, that we can change our thoughts. We can change our belief systems. I think that's a really positive thing. But I guess on the negative side, the flip side, it means that sometimes when I'm experiencing a negative emotion or a, a really strong feeling, I can't change it and I try, but it just feels too much for me and it then makes me feel like I'm a failure. So because I believe that I am 100% in control of my mood, when I can't change it or when I can't snap out of it, that makes me feel like I'm a failure. I'm not trying hard enough. And so that also meant that I used to look at other people who, you know, if I heard, oh, they're being diagnosed with depression, it would make me think that that sounded like it was out of their control. And I'd be like, well, but it's in their control, like how they feel, surely, you know, like are they just not trying hard enough? I mean, don't they want to be happy? And so that was just the way that I viewed this stuff as a teenager and young adult. And, you know, it's just a mixture of my upbringing and background and just how I interpreted the world. And so if I fast forward, you know, I'm now 37 years old and I've never been officially diagnosed with depression or anxiety. I've never taken medication for it, but I've certainly struggled on and off over the years with very low mental states and states of mind. And so as an 18 year old, after a few years of bullying in high school and, you know, turmoil with friendships, I struggled quite severely in high school with friendships. And in fact, it was so bad that my general belief system by the time I got to sort of year 11 and 12 was that I had, I, I thought I must have some kind of disability or, or problem because I, I'm just being treated so badly by other people. And in the end of the day, like kids are going through their own stuff and, and say things and they don't really know the effect that they're having on other other people. But for me, by the time I was 18, after a pretty tough high school, I um, battled suicidal thoughts around that age on and off. I never got as far as plotting my own death, but I certainly felt worthless, like I should die, like my life wasn't worth living, like I wasn't good enough. And I never told anybody about it. And I then went on to battle pretty low self-esteem for many, many years in my early adult years. And it manifested in a number of really um, destructive ways. It would cause pretty decent fights in my marriage. I got married really young at the age of 20 and pretty much 99% of our fights were because I was so insecure that I would push him her way or be emotionally manipulative or because I just, I couldn't 
see worth in myself. And so as a protection mechanism, I just assumed that he would reject me eventually. So I may as well just be a crazy lady, right? And so this was how I was acting. I, I couldn't make close friendships. I was afraid of getting close to people, found making friends really difficult. Um, and I frequently felt quite sad and worthless. Fast forward a few more years in my early 20s, 24, 25, 26, I had was pregnant with my two kids. They're 18 months apart, so my pregnancies were pretty close together. And while I was pregnant with both kids, I experienced really bad morning sickness and also suffered from panic attacks. Now, I didn't know that that's what they were at the time, but I'd be sitting at my desk at work and I would feel faint and my heart would race and I would panic at work and cry out like, something's wrong, something's wrong. Like my hands would feel tingly and weird. And I didn't realize that that it was just a panic attack. I thought something physically wrong was happening to me because I just felt so physically sick all the time. And when I went through the Queen Bee Hospital to have my babies, they do some postnatal depression screening. And based on the questionnaire, which was like, do you feel miserable all the time? And yes. And do you feel stressed? And, you know, I was stressed about not having places to vomit because I was going to vomit. I, I just felt trapped inside this body that was sick and in pain and the heartburn and my hips hurt. And I was not a happy pregnant lady, right? Um, so I was earmarked for high-risk postnatal depression because of just how I was during my pregnancies. Now, I actually was fine post my pregnancies. Once all those hormones left my body, oh, I felt great again um, for both kids. And I remember just the relief of feeling like I was free from this pregnant body. <laughs> now I had this baby to look after, but it was so much better than being pregnant. But then when I my son was five months old, my family went through a really terrible event that tore it apart and I was plunged into severe grief and so much so that I don't actually remember my kids for that whole year. So I, you know, Asha was nearly two at the time. I don't remember her really as a two-year-old. I I can't picture that time. I don't remember Carter turning one um, learning to walk um, and all of those things that happened around that time always makes me cry when I think about it because um, it's super sad because he was a beautiful little kid. But it was like my brain just didn't record anything through that time because I was suffering with so much grief. And it took a really long time too for me to recover from that grief. And so for many years after this, I was sad, like just just generally sad. And so um, my my mental health really throughout my 20s was one of just being characterised by low self-esteem, fights in my marriage, going through pregnancy and morning sickness and then this happening with my family. And so the thing is, right, is that my poor mental health doesn't drive me to apathy. I've never felt so low that I can't get out of bed or I don't want to do anything probably has the opposite effect on me is it drives me to work harder and a part of me would say that starting my business was like this huge distraction thing for me to take my mind off how sad I felt and so it drives me to hard work I just push myself like a crazy lady and so it's like I don't know I don't know why it does that but it's just that's how I, I guess I respond. So I, I push myself trying to prove something. I work harder, do more, right? I'm, I'm constantly comparing how great I'm doing in different areas of my life to what I should be doing. And, and that's sort of a part of the way 
that I was sort of respond to this poor mental health. And so, you know, then more recently with the business, of course, then growing and becoming quite demanding. So it started as a hobby, you know, just as a side thing, something that I really enjoyed. And it was an escape for how sad I was feeling. Now, I, you know, I fast forward a few years, I, I found myself with staff and multiple locations and the pressure of that you know, really started to weigh on me and I began struggling with anxiety and panic attacks. And of course, just going through the growing business and then COVID hit and that sort of, um, it did reignite some anxiety in me again, just when I thought I was getting on top of it. And for me, it would happen first thing in the morning. So I would wake up and and, and panic. I would struggle to eat um, and things like that. And so, yeah, that's been my journey. They're the struggles that I've had you know, I found that time heals and so does seeking help. And for me, I found a mixture of regular walks with no technology. So I don't listen to podcasts or music or anything. I walk with nothing. So it's just quiet. Prayer. So I am a Christian. I believe in God. I find that this um, type of meditation for me is really valuable. Just quiet time, camping, plenty of sleep a few psychologist visits um, and high communication with people who are close to me. So, you know, big DNMs with my husband. He and I talk about everything. My mum, I love you, mum. My bestie, you know, just chatting through the stuff of life with her. It goes a long way to helping me balance out my moods and just managing my mental health and my general approach to my mental health now. And of course, you know, I'm not a psychologist or anything. So just what's right for me is right for me. So you have to find what's right for you. But I guess for me, accepting that I'm an emotional, empathetic high achiever and that my life is up and down. I don't try now so much anymore to make my anxiety or my sadness go away. I just let myself feel it. Um, And after allowing myself to feel it, often in a hot shower or in a long walk, I'm able to process through my feelings. I am in control of my thoughts. So I don't try and control my feelings. I let myself feel my feelings, but then control my thoughts. So I nip toxic thoughts in the bud. I have a process that I learned from my psychologist where I I think about, I have a thought and I'm like, "Mm, is that true? Is it helpful? And I make a decision where I'm going to either allow it to fester or I just discard it. And That's been a really great way of helping me just process and move through my feelings. Now, I'm not trying to be happy 100% of the time. I just work on being well-rested, grateful, grateful for where I am, um, and and most importantly, positioning my worth and value as a human into just a higher calling and to not base it on my achievements. So I certainly don't have it all sorted out either. I actually think that managing my mental health will always be something that I work on for the rest of my life. But that makes total sense, right? Because our physical health is the same. It's not a destination. It's a journey. You know, we need to make healthy food choices every day for our bodies to be healthy and we need to move it every day for it to be fit. And so mental health is exactly the same. We need to do small achievable things every day to help our mind be healthy and that feeling emotional part of ourselves be healthy as well. So if you are struggling with poor mental health and things aren't good for you at the moment, I so understand. I definitely know, please know that you're not alone and reach out for help. So 
look, I'm doing a stack of push-ups and have found reflecting on my mental health being a really positive thing. Definitely come and join us. If you'd like to donate to our push-up team and support Lifeline, then please do that. The link to that is in the show notes. But that is it. I better wrap up for the day um, and we'll catch you in the next episode. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.